Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, 6 a.m.ers. How you doing on this soon-to-be-very-windy-Wednesday? Hashtag Windy Wednesday. That's not a thing. You don't have to do that. I'm Jordan Silver hanging out with you, and people are dragging. People are upset about this time change. The people that should be upset, I feel like, are us, the 6 a.m.ers. We're the ones that are, like, losing the most amount of sleep. But really, we're such troopers. It's like just another thing for us 6 a.m.ers. Oh, my God. Did you see the Boulevardia lineup just announced yesterday? <gasps> I cannot wait to play the crap out of this artist for you until June because he's headlining the second day. It's Dashboard Confessional. My buddy Chelsea is here. Say hello, Chelsea. Oh, my gosh. Hi, guys. Chelsea. Yes. You're a real one. Okay. You're a real one. <laughs> I'm you a real what? a friend. <laughs> A pal. Yes. A confidant. I do my best. I had a long night. A very long night. A good long night. Good. And uh, you texted me because you go to the gym so damn early. I do. I go to the gym really early. It's the only time to do it. It is. Because by the time your day's over, like, you don't want to go work out. Totally. After you work all day. Totally. Totally. This is so hard for me to go swimming after work because I like doing it before and just getting that out of the way. But you texted me. Asked what I was up to. I said I got about two hours of sleep. Yeah, last night. Queen. Yes, queen. And you brought me a coffee. I did. Like a real one. I wish I could just bring you all the coffees in the entire world. I wish you could bring me about six more hours of sleep. Oh my god! Can you bring me six hours of sleep then too? <laughs> you could do that. I'm sure there's a pill for it. I'm yeah. sure it's Adderall or something. You know. God. God. But um. So I have been known around here to be a little snooty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that is how I am perceived sometimes. And everybody told me that the reason that that happened is because it's been a very, that I'm like that is because it's been a very long time since I got laid. Interesting. Right. But you know what? They're damn right. Yeah. Because I feel <laughs> fine now. I don't care about anything. There could be like a missile or something like that that hits us today and I'm just fine. I've never seen it. It's so nice to have a, another body in here as opposed to the giant cardboard cutout of Taylor Swift in the corner. But you do probably still talk to her, don't you? All the time. I figured. All the time. <laughs> I find it awkwardly comfortable yeah. <laughs> for her to be in here with me. and every. I'm just surprised that that came in on Friday mm-hmm. and nobody that works here has defaced it yet. That is quite a shocker because everyone seems to give you quite a bit of grief about it. Yeah. 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 But now, but I can't bring it home. Yeah. But that's a little too much. But- when you talk to her, do you also speak her parts too? Like, do you talk back to yourself in a Taylor voice? It's in my head. In your head. Okay. Of course. Of Got course. It. Come on. It's all in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in my head. Oh my God, Chelsea. I am so not ready for 730. I'm so not ready for 730. How are you feeling though? I think it's just going to flow really well for you. It's not. It's not at all. Because you're afraid that you're just going to be embarrassed. Well, that's why this, why it's called mortified. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't have picked a better word. Right. For what it feels like. To take something from your past and 
tell the world about it. What kind of feedback did you receive last time you did Mortified? Uh, two things. There were the people that said that they would love to be front row at that concert, mm-hmm. which I don't understand those people at right. all. That was all we were horrible. And now the second one, most of the people that I see out just keep going to me. Woohoo! Yeah. Because <laughs> Literally, literally just like, hey, it's Red and Silver. Because my crappy band covered song two, and it was so bad. Yeah. So bad. The video's on my Instagram. So I have to continue this. I'm going to continue this. What can we expect today? (laughs) Here's the thing. That was my first band last week. Mm -hmm. That was 1996. I took a step to 2000 for this next group that mm-hmm. I was in. It was a ska band in my hometown of Maine. It was me and all the odd kids in my high school that played instruments. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> we had, I I was into numbers as opposed to, I don't know, value at this point because we had a girl that pretended to play the trumpet. Didn't oh, really play man. the trumpet. She just pretended. And we got through a bunch of shows with nobody knowing that she didn't know how to play the trumpet. <laughs> But then somebody called her out at this one show, like, you ain't playing, girl. And she's yeah. like, I quit. Oh, man. You don't even blowing into the trumpet because it was a ska band, okay? The trumpet's difficult to play, though. Yeah. It was my trumpet. I bought it thinking that I could just, I'm this music aficionado, and I could just be Miles Davis the moment I put my lips on that thing. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You have to really keep it, like, nice and tight mm. in order to blow it properly. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trumpets. Yes. Right. Trumpets. Uh, so I thought this is four years after that first band. I haven't seen this video in 10 at least. I thought it was going to be better. Yeah. I thought it was going to be. I remember we wanted to release this live version of this show on CD because it was back then because we were so proud of it but now I listen back to it and I want to die it's so bad listen this is just a little clip because of course we decided that we were going to cover some songs and this is what we did (laughs) yeah okay so one two three (laughs) I mean they got it by the second one but the first one it's like let's start the damn song I just want you to know that what you just heard, I think I have about six or seven clips. What you just heard was the best clip from what's going to come up at Mortified at 730 for my ska band. That was the best clip. This is the best. This is the best. It sounds like clown cars stuck in traffic. You mean the show would be way less fun if their parents gave them enough attention as children. Jordan Silver and Friends. Codependency is our middle name. What's going on here? What's happening? What's happening? Okay, I get it. I understand. People have been telling me how amazing Boulevardia is. And it falls on my birthday. So yeah, that lineup was announced yesterday on my birthday, which is the Friday. Young the Giant fits in the tantrums and local band Yes You Are, plus a bunch of other bands. On Saturday, June 15th, Dashboard Confessional, Lovely the Band, The Greeting Committee, and more. Plus, there's going to be a silent disco. I told you about those this week. I went to one this weekend. It is so fun. And one of the channels on the silent disco going to be Emo Night. Come on. 
This is going to be amazing. In national news, you really won't be able to go anywhere and not hear this story. So I'm going to tell you now. A massive college admission scam has been revealed, and a lot of people are in trouble, including Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives and the lady that played Aunt Becky on Full House. Basically, they allegedly paid a pretty penny to have their children accepted into really good colleges, and then they were found out. And I saw a college kid complaining about this on Twitter. He said, a kid that worked hard and earned it couldn't get in because their place was taken by someone rich whose parents could pay for it. That's disgusting. Dude, kid, that's what it's like in the real world. Jordan Silver and Friends on 96.5. The Buzz. Honestly, I'd rather have a root canal right now than what I'm about to do on the radio for you. There's a reason that they use the term mortified because that is the only appropriate word for what I'm about to do. So... If you haven't heard of this, Mortified is started with a party and uh, people brought in things that they wrote or things that they created, artwork, poetry, journal entries, music, videos, anything when they were a kid and they bring it to this party and you read it or you perform it or you show everybody this thing that you did and everybody laughs and, and it's it's funny to see how much you've changed, you know, to see how much you've grown. Well. Brought this back last week, and uh, it seemed to do really well. So I'm just going to continue the narrative here for you. Last week in this spot, I played my first band ever. I was about 12. The guys in the band were 8 to 10 years old, and we played our first show in 1996. We basically did Bush cover songs. That's it. But we also, of course, did uh, Third Eye Blind, Semi-Charmed Life, and Blur's Blur's song too, which now has ruined my life because all my friends, when they see me, they're like, woohoo, because I sung it and I had no idea what I was doing. So after that band was done, I got really into ska. I discovered No Doubt and it changed my entire life. I was into the Sublime thing, No Doubt, all the bands, the specials, even Operation Ivy, all of these older ska bands, well, ska bands that were cool at the time. So if you're really into the music and you're a musician, what do you do? You start your own ska band, and that's what I did. So, I believe this was our last show ever, which meant that we had been playing concerts for a year, at least, by the time this audio was taken. I remember being really proud of this, too. I remember wanting to release it live as, like, a live CD, because this is we're talking 2000 now. And uh, now that I listen back to it, I haven't heard this in 10 years, except for yesterday when I found it and pulled it and it is it makes my teeth hurt okay i thought four years between the first thing that you heard on mortified well the the, the, sh- the band that you heard on mortified last week and then four years have passed musically for me wow it doesn't get better it doesn't get better i thought this was gonna be better i remember this being better but it is oh if you have any loose teeth i suggest changing the station for the next eight minutes because they're going to fall out. This is so bad. So my band, we were called The Rascals, R-A capital S-K-A-L-S. That's what you did back in the day when you were a ska band. And we played, this is Old Orchard Beach, Maine. There's a big pier there. It's, It's an attraction in the summer. There's a stage right at the beginning of the pier and everybody, you know, kind of congregates around that area. So it's a pretty big show. And we scored that show. So it was our biggest show ever. And 
<sighs> the only the only thing that I want to tell you is I am singing on this and I can't sing. I did not learn how to sing. It's hilarious that later in life, in the past 10 years, I started a vocal harmony group that actually was very good. It was so good that the guy who discovered Nirvana heard it in Seattle and started playing it and really liked it. So I did actually get somewhere after this, but significantly after, like 12, 13 years later. All right, here we go. This is mortified. I am mortified. I am doing this on the radio for you, Buzz family, just so you can have a laugh at what Jordan's crappy ska band sounded like. So this is our show. And I introduce us because that's what you do, right? You have to introduce your band at the very beginning. And I'm just, we're doing our own song that was called Ska Thing. Because come on, you're a ska band. You got to have a song with the word ska in it. And I just, if I want to tell you anything before we hear this clip, I just want to tell you that I'm really glad that we sound checked. All right, guys, we're the Rascals. We're from around here. Hi. What's going on? Alright, this song is called Scoffing. Okay, right. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. Um, so glad that we sound checked for that show, but that's that's fine, that's fine. We moved on. Sometimes when you're playing a show technical difficulties happen and you just have to work past them that's when you're a professional Hmm. so then we go on to a song called liar which is another original song i guess when i was writing this song maybe what i wanted we were not advanced enough as a band to be able to do so i wanted the guitar during the solo to harmonize with the saxophone not play the same thing but to harmonize and this is what it sounded like okay so maybe my guitar playing isn't actually bad it's kind of the horns that suck but I screw it all up coming up here where we decide that we want to do a real big fish song. Because, I mean, come on. This is 2000. I believe the sellout had just come out. So I uh, intro it. And, you know, as the fearless leader of this 16-piece ska band, I'm just so glad that I gave the band enough time to also start the song with me. Anybody know real big, real big fish? They're real big. And a fish. Shut up, Brian. One, two, three. Well, I know you can't work if that's food on your heart. Don't turn that baby tonight. Oh, my God. This is painful. I can't believe I feel. I'm in a dream. I've depersonalized at this point. I am not in my body. I'm really playing this crappy crap. I thought this was better. <sighs> okay. So this next clip for Mortified on Jordan Silver and Friends. <laughs> When you're, we're, we're, we're at the end of covering Real Big Fish or somewhere in there. But what do you do in the middle of covering a Real Big Fish song? Well, obviously, obviously, the only thing to do is to break into a Blink-182 song. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Here it comes. And I have some choice words for how I feel about Blink-182 right here. <laughs> 
Blink-182 sold out? <laughs> what? Uh, but no, we seriously stopped in the middle of a real big fish song to do Blink 182's Adam song, and we never go back to finishing Real Big Fish. I don't know. I don't know who taught us how to how to do this. So at this point in the show, Stephanie, one of our horn players, decides to tell a joke. Most of you aren't gonna get this, but for those of you who do, it's really good. Okay. How many rude boys does it take to screw in a light bulb? Four, one to drop it, and three to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That was more applause than we got the the entire 30 minutes that we were playing music. Stephanie got. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps we should have just been a comedy duo and told jokes rather than a musical group because we were just not, we were not there. So here we go. Uh, Obviously, I thought we were... Back then, I thought we were a lot better, and I, I mean, we we're from Maine. People don't come from Maine, so maybe I there maybe I was a little right when I said this because there's no bands from Maine really. So uh, I am telling the band that this is our big song, but I use some different words for that. There's something you're throwing me off, man. They're pretty cool. All right, guys, this is like our famous song. No, actually, okay, this is our trademark song. I'll say it like that. <laughs> Our famous song? Nobody knows. Nobody knows this. It's our famous song. I am so mortified. I cannot believe I'm doing this on the radio. This is because I love you, Buzz family. I love you. And I am playing my second band of all time, The Rascals, for you. For Mortified. Because I want you to laugh this morning. Uh, okay, so. Two more clips left. Hmm, I gotta explain this a little bit. So, in high school... When I started this band, I wrote a song about a girl that I, quote, idolized, right? My idol. Her name was Josie. She was a year older than me. She was really cool. And then at some point, we got into some kind of weird fight. And then it was, I wrote a song about it because that's what you do when you're a musician. All my musicians out there right now know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, looking back... I did not come out or I didn't even know that I was gay until I was 18 and I'm 17 when this is all happening, probably 16 when I wrote this song. So really, I'm saying that this girl is my idol, but really, I just want to sleep with her. The horn players finally got there with it. Yeah, that was, that's weird. That's weird. I don't talk to that girl anymore. No, yeah, that was a little weird. She's probably weirded out. She probably blocked me on everything, even almost 20 years later, because, yeah, yeah, telling some girl you go to school with that she's your idol. <laughs> Nothing weird about that. I'm drawing, I'm just drawing a black circle on a piece of paper right now, kind of like that psychic medium guy does. Just that's where I'm at with that. Okay, so this is a bonus clip. This is from another show, and uh, we had a song called Drinker's Anthem. And in the middle, I I decide that I want to divide the crowd and make half of the crowd sing with me, the line from the song, I don't think I've had enough. And then half of the crowd can sing with the other singer, I don't think I've had enough. And whoever's the loudest, (laughs) this is 1999, 
Whoever's the loudest wins. I don't know what. So yeah, here's a clip of that. Just so you know, when I was watching this video, you, well, okay, your first, one of your first bands, you don't know sometimes when to get off the stage. You don't know when you're doing stuff like that, how long it should actually take. And so this is something that's going back and forth and back and forth, and time can go by so fast when that happens, when you're on the stage, but not like, <sighs> I watched us do that. It went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Do you know how long? Do you want to know how long that last part lasted in total? 19 minutes. Jordan Silver and Friends News on 96.5 The Buzz. Boulevardia lineup was announced yesterday. Friday, June 14th, Young the Giant, Fits in the Tantrums, Yes You Are, and more. And on Saturday, June 15th, Dashboard Confessional, Lovely the Band, The Greeting Committee, and so much more. Ticket info at 965thebuzz.com. In local news, it looks like, yep, the Chiefs are going to trade D Ford to the San Francisco 49ers. Every time they talk about this, they play that poor mistake that he made the game against the Patriots. In national news, it gets pretty complicated and detailed, but there's a massive college admission scam that's been revealed, and it includes people like Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives and the lady that played Aunt Becky on Full House. You can read about this more because there are a lot of details, but the memes are hilarious about this. There's one that says, what was mom to do? Uncle Jesse's band wasn't going to be paying for college. Aren't they called the Vipers? Or that guy's name was Viper. Someone was the snake. <laughs> been a minute. Boeing 737 MAX planes have been grounded in many countries, but not the U.S. They're not grounding those at all. Not, not us. Just an FYI, though, the two airlines with the most number of Boeing 737 MAX planes. Southwest has 34 and American Airlines has 24. So do with that what you will. And in entertainment news, Mark Zuckerberg apparently wants to build a, quote, brain-computer interface Something that can read your thoughts. But you already have something like that that can read your thoughts. It's your wife. J-S-A-F. Jordan Silver is f- boy. It stands for Jordan Silver and Friends. I'm joined by my friend that I met off of Facebook, Allison the Badass. Hello. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I hear you have a shout out. I do. I have to say hello to my grandmother. And What's her name? Her name's Lucy. <laughs> Lucy? Uh, I love you, Grandma. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Grandma. Oh, <laughs> I love grandparents. That's my favorite thing. She is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I had to say hello to her. She's just like, you're going to be on the radio. You have to say hi. Yeah. Well, she didn't say that. It was my own choice. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Lucy. Shout out to Lucy. So, the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is because I saw... We're friends on Facebook. Yes. And I saw a very passionate post that you posted about Michael Jackson. Yes. And this is regarding the Leaving Neverland documentary that will not go away at all, which is good. It's good that it won't go away. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, absolutely. I think it's very good that it won't go away. It's It raises so many important questions, and it answers and brings to light so many things that we don't think about. Absolutely. Not just with him, but other things absolutely yeah yeah i'm gonna play a little bit of a clip from the trailer of leaving neverland 
he just came across as a loving, caring, kind soul. It was easy to believe that he was just that. Out of a storybook, right? Out of a fairy tale. Hello, Wade. Today is your birthday. So congratulations. I love you. Goodbye. There's no thoughts of this is wrong or anything like that. He told me if they ever found out what we were doing, he and I would go to jail for the rest of our lives. Yeah, so that's what that's what Leaving Neverland is. Um, when I posted that we were talking about this on my socials, so many people said that they can't even watch it. Yeah, it's, it's that difficult. Brutal. In fact, uh, my girlfriend and I, we started it the day after it was released. Mm-hmm. And I think we got about halfway through the first part. And we both looked at each other and said, this is uncomfortable. This is difficult. Mm-hmm. We can't watch this. And yeah. so we turned it off. Yeah, yeah. I had to watch it in pieces. Yeah, it, that's what we had to do. And it just felt nasty it the did. whole time. But it's I also disturbing. felt like I needed to know. Yes. Which felt perverse. You know, <laughs> it did. It did. It felt weird. Like, oh, there's so much stuff to talk about. At What I would like to, by the time we're done, is just talk through the idea of if you can separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Because that's... That's the question. It is. A, it, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting question because for myself personally, you know, Michael Jackson was the first musical artist and performer that I can recall just loving mm-hmm. and adoring. Mm-hmm. That was my first concert at five years old, the Jackson 5 Victory Tour at Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I wore the Thriller VHS tape out along with the Moonwalker VHS tape. Can you do the Moonwalk? Uh, Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I don't dance. No. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, so I think just growing up and being such a fan of his music and then the allegations coming out in 93, remembering that, and up until this point, when I watched this documentary, Leaving Neverland, I always sort of maintained his innocence mm-hmm. in some way. Um, because that's what was found through the legal case. Exactly. And it's also like an own personal denial mm-hmm. for myself. Even though like I maintained his innocence, there was still a part of me, I think subconsciously, that thought, yeah, I think that there may be some things there. Because he admitted that he would be an adult that hung out with kids and the kids yeah. would sleep in his room. Yeah. I guess the first question is, is that right on any level? You know, when I, when I think about that, no, it, it, it's not right, I don't believe. But my whole thought process on him, and I still believe this to be true, is that he endured so much um, as a child, abuse uh, of of his own. Mm-hmm. And so he was arrested in his own development. Mm-hmm. You know, so he himself was, you know, a child emotionally and mentally. So in those aspects, I always thought, well, he just can't relate to adults. Mm-hmm. He can relate to children because he himself is a child. Mm-hmm. And so, 
even though typically that the answer to that question is no, that's not right for an adult. And I would still probably even say, yeah, it's not right. There was still something inside of me that said, well, I don't think he did anything. I think it was one of those things where he just, that's, this is, this is who he relates to. Mm -hmm. And this is how he lives his life. This was the nineties, the early nineties, 20, (laughs) 30 years ago. Was that enough of a different time for us to think differently about it now than it was back then? I think so. Okay. Because now now you see more and more people coming forward, mm-hmm. victims coming forward of abuse. Um, and so it's more commonplace and more, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, accepted or people are believed mm-hmm. more so now than they were then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's just... It is a different time now, but still even saying that we still have a long way to go. Absolutely. Because I think the thing, the biggest takeaway that I got from watching this when I, we finished it last night. Mm -hmm. So it's fresh. Yeah. So the thing I I turned to my girlfriend Echo and I said, you know, the, the thing that I am taking away from this more than anything is the fact of how we treat victims especially victims of abuse that suffer at the hands of people who are in power Mm -hmm. that have notoriety. Um, You know, we call these people liars, the victims liars that they're trying to cash in on this man, Mm -hmm. this, this dead man who can't defend himself. And the funny part about this is they didn't get paid to do this. Right. That was something that I kind of picked up on, too, in the sense that you wouldn't do this for a career move. No. For money. The way that they were describing what happened, uh, as somebody who feels a lot, I'm pretty, pretty emo. Just (laughs) I could see the pain in their eyebrows. Absolutely. It was they were going back to these moments in their heads. And if they're amazing actors... I don't I don't think that can be acted. I think that that's real or it's not. Exactly. And in fact, what you bring up bringing that up, um, the part where James safe Chuck is showing the jewelry. Mm -hmm. And before he even said it himself, I was like, look at his hand. Same. Mm -hmm. You know, he and then, of course, he said, you know, I can't even talk about this. I I have to put this away. My hands are shaking. It's he has a physical response to this. Mm hmm. You can't fake that. You can shake you your can't, hands. Yeah, you, you can't, literally cannot. Yeah, you you can't fake that sort of physical response to. I mean, he he's reliving this, and this is all coming back to him in his mind. And what? So what is there for these two to gain? Right. There's nothing for them to gain. There's nothing financially. I feel like they did this as a way to like self heal, mm-hmm. but also bring light to the fact that abuse does happen and abuse happens to people or by two people by people that are in power. Mm-hmm. And I think more importantly, the director, Dan Reed, I think his name is, mm-hmm. like I said, I think his takeaway, what he wanted to show people is that we do ignore this. And we do victim shame. 
And we do tell people that they're lying and that they have something, some ulterior motive that they're trying to gain. And whatever that ulterior motive is and whatever it is that they're trying to gain, please explain it to me Mm because I don't understand what that would be. Right. When I finished the documentary, it was that night had just been released for Mm -hmm. the second part. So I went straight to Twitter and just as much as Leaving Neverland was trending, so was F Leaving Neverland. Yeah. So, of course, that's where I went. Yeah. And there's one tweet that I saw that still sticks with me. And it said, the real Michael Jackson fans know that he didn't do it. And that is scary That to is me. not true to me. It is scary. Because they don't know. I watched something yesterday, and the way that it ended was, there are only three people that know exactly what happened there, and one of them is dead. Right. Exactly. Well, you, you don't know that it happened. We don't know that it didn't happen. We don't know that it did happen. It's like, right. it becomes... What I don't think people get is that it becomes more about your own narrative and the things that you've been through in your own life. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I mean, I feel like there are three different schools of thought when it comes to this. You know, you have the people who believe that he did it. They're not willing to accept listening to his music, supporting, you know, that music, being a fan of that music. And even within that group of people, there's a subgroup. You have the people who won't listen to the music again for their own personal reasons of feeling uncomfortable. But you also have the people that say, I'm not going to listen to the music because it makes me uncomfortable. And if I do, or, or even worse, more importantly, if you continue to listen to his music, then you are a supporter of child predators and pedophilia. Right. And that's, You broke it down to the most perfect boxes. Yeah, just grossly inaccurate to say that because I still continue. I will still continue to listen to his music. Mm -hmm. I will say that when I listen to his music now, there are different feelings there for me. I mean, I'll admit that it's different for me now. Mm -hmm. Though I do enjoy the music that he created, I do enjoy that he was a phenomenal performer. There is a difference there mm-hmm. for me and mm-hmm. knowing this new information. New, I say new. Right. I mean, I guess new information in the fact that the way that it's described in mm-hmm. the documentary, the graphic nature of it, just mm-hmm. the detail of it. These were the details that I thought would come out back in the day. And this might be a horrible comparison, but I mean, we know that, you it's you can't stick someone on a lie detector machine and get the right answer. You right. can't put someone through trial and not think that there's so many factors. We've seen we've seen so many documentaries where they say to do these certain things and that's how they get out of it, you know? So saying that the only reason that it didn't happen is because it wasn't proven in court is kind of BS. Oh, exactly. I feel like but going back to the music, mm-hmm. I feel like there is there's people personally that can make the personal choice if they believe that they can separate the two or not. And then there's what I'm just calling leaders, the mm-hmm. people that are in charge of programming things that would um, play his music. Yeah. And it seems like the BBC, it seems like people, those people that are in charge of a lot of people hearing his music in their entertainment have backed away. How do you 
What do you personally think about that choice? Honestly, I mean, I feel like the mark that Michael Jackson made um, as a musical artist, performer, you know, it ranges so vast and wide within our culture. I mean, it, it would be exceptionally difficult, if not impossible, to just permanently erase that impact. And I mean, I suppose that is a personal choice. I mean, if they have the authority to do it, then that's that's their personal choice to do that. But to say it's almost like they're trying to wipe this part of um, music history, history yeah. out. And, and you're not going to be able to do that. Right. It's kind of like telling the history of World War II and leaving out <laughs> the horrible, horrible stuff that happened in Germany. Right. Exactly. So I don't agree that we should necessarily ban his music. If you want to ban his music, I guess, on your own personal accord, by all means, go for it. But to play this game of saying, well, we're just not going to play his music because, you know, this is, he was an awful, horrible person. I just don't think it's, I don't know. It, it's not something that's going to be possible to do. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just not. So, you can. I can separate. separate. Even though it, this watching this documentary has made it more difficult for myself to watch, I can separate. I can acknowledge the fact and accept the fact that this man did horrible, unspeakable things to the most innocent members of our society, children. Mm-hmm. And know that and not be okay with it and not support that behavior. But I can also separate that and listen to his music because just I listened to it on the way here. I listened to it last night. You know, I listened to it on a pretty regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I just I just think to myself, I even turned to my girlfriend and said, this is just amazing music. I mean, for myself personally, I can't I can't stop listening to this. It's just it's just so good. Right. So, yeah. I mean, knowing musicians, they are some of the most effed up people that oh, I know. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> to be able to do that, to be able to put your entire soul out there for the world to watch and judge and, you know, intimate moments, intimate things. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the best art comes from inner turmoil. Absolutely. So, with that, maybe the man that he was when he was creating the music is different than who he was every day. But we'll never know. We'll never know. He was such a private person Mm -hmm. that you will never know. Um, You know, it it is difficult. It's it's difficult to watch. It's disturbing to watch. It's disturbing to listen to. Do you think people need to? I think people, if you, I will say this. I think that people need to. But more so if you consider yourself to be a fan of his music. Because it, it may not change your mind or your opinion. You may still, you know, think that he was innocent, that this is all made up by Robson and Safechuck, but it may change your opinion. 
I know it changed my opinion mm-hmm. about how I felt on his innocence. Um, yeah, I think it's absolutely important. So, and it's hard. It, it is so hard to watch. It is hard, and you know, even without being a fan of his, I think it's important to watch still, too, mm-hmm. just because it. It talks about and it brings light to the fact of, you know, how our culture treats victims of abuse. And it's not okay that we do this to victims. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, one last question. Sure. So, if his music is okay, are covers of his music okay? See, I, I think, well, for me, yes. Right. Personally. Do you think people would ban also covers of his music? Or do you think that that's enough level of separation for even... People are fickle, so perhaps, yeah, it's it's enough separation for them. But, you know, I would hope to think that they wouldn't ban his music nor a cover of his music. But like I said, people are fickle. People are fickle. Alice in the Badass. Alice in the Badass. Thank you for coming in. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Welcome back to Hashtag Crazy Cat Lady Radio. Wait, I mean Jordan Silver and Friends. Hello, Jeremy. Can you hear me? Good morning. Whoa. Technology. <laughs> I can hear you perfectly like you're in the other studio. I hope other people can hear me on the radio as a opposed to just in your headphones. Yeah, I hope so, too. You're in program, so yes, I hope they can hear you as well. Okay, good. Wow. I just kind of had to tell you how to do this from memory, so who knows if that, this works or not. Okay, there's little buttons and little numbers, and then you have to hit all this stuff. I'm just, It's crazy. You know this board so well. <laughs> it's what I do. So, I am... Uh, <sighs> I'm in Texas. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I'm in Texas. You're in Texas. Why am I in Texas? For South by Southwest. Right? I hope. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wait. Uh, um, but you have bands and stuff coming in. You prepared for that a little bit? Uh, I am. Mainly because um, it's a lot of, like, old school Buzz family that's going to be stopping by. Friends of ours that I've talked to in this hotel room before. Mm-hmm. And bands that are going to be in Kansas City soon. Like, it's it's going to be a good time once it gets started. This is like the calm before the storm right now. I've remade my bed. Okay. So that's done. Because I, I took a tutorial from the housekeeping staff really? on how to make the bed properly so that it looks nice. You know, it's got to look nice. I'm a good hostess. Right. Then you will ask the band if they want to keep their shoes on just not to put their nasty feet under the sheets that you sleep in. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I share well. It's fine. Uh, if they want to get in bed and take a little nap, that's fine. Yeah. It, it works. But shoes off. <laughs> but it... It's perfect, though, because as soon as you walk in... So think about this. Mm -hmm. When you go to a hotel, Mm -hmm. the first thing you want to do is jump on the bed, right? Mm -hmm. That's just instinct for everybody. But what about your ankles? Uh, It's fine. Whatever. All right, cool. I just... I don't jump very high. Okay. But... So these bands walk in, and they see these two freshly made beds. I hand them a Miller or a Coors or a Leinenkugel, thank you to CS Bev, and say, here... Jump on the bed while holding a beer while I film it. Is that weird? Is, is that a weird scenario to anybody? Is that weird? That's <laughs> I, if I were if I had a dictionary in here, I think that would be the exact definition of weird. 
we, um, <laughs> do is this? That's what we do. Is this? Is this a tradition that is that's carried over from years before, or is this just the first year that you're like, what are they going to do first? Beer, bed, jump. Oh no, this has been going on for years. Wow. We've been doing live from Jeremy's room for four years, five years, something like that now. So it's tradition. So, so has anybody spilled beer on the bed? Ugh. Uh, not yet. Not yet that I know of. I did get some uh, LaCroix spilled on the bed last year with glitter thanks to Super Organism. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think this year, I think we should be good. I got Run River North coming up. Um, Castle Comer, that might be the band that spills the beer. Okay, okay. That's that might be the one. Coming up or the Get Up Kids. I, may, I could see the Get Up Kids shaking up a beer and just, you know, going nuts. Wow. So we'll see. Wow. Wow. So so does housekeeping know what's going on in this room? Um, they usually figure it out okay. when they come in and there's bags of empty beer cans and buzz banners all over the room. I just think these are a really <laughs> wild party animal that's drinking in there by herself, all this beer and throwing stuff against the wall. Wow. Um do you have any artwork yeah, we, in your room? We do get some strange looks. Do what now? Do you have any artwork in your room? Uh, there are some paintings, but we're going to cover those up. Okay. Sounds good. Who's going to be playing in your room today? Today, I've got Run River North. I've got Castle Comer. Uh, the Get Up Kids are going to play. But we're also going to talk to the Strombellas and K-Flay and Donna Missile today. Wow. And it says Get Up Kids, too. Is that today? Yeah, the Get Up Kids will be here this afternoon. Wow. Wow. Are you excited? I am. Like I said, this is the calm before the storm. So I'm just kind of sitting here looking at all the stuff, waiting for it to get started. Do you have anybody there to help you or is this just like an all all journey thing? Oh, no. Lost Cause is here. Okay, good. He got here this morning. He drove through the night last night and he is here. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to throw him into the fire a little bit, make him do some interviews, too. Oh, so really? Should be fun. Amazing. Oh, yeah. So this is going on from 10 to what time is it ending? today uh we'll be on the air till seven awesome. i'm gonna hang out with you all day because church of lazo's on vacation still um is lazo there so yeah we're just gonna he doesn't get here until thursday his vacation is over on thursday but then he's coming to texas so we'll talk to him uh what day i don't even know what day is today today is wednesday Today's so he'll be wednesday. here tomorrow oh does he jump on the bed <sighs> okay. with the beer um he hasn't but this could be the year Okay. We could make that happen this year. We'll I'm see. so ready for that video. <laughs> well, I heard that you have to hop in We're going to have lots of video, mm -hmm. lots of so lots of social media. Hashtag live from Journey's room is the hashtag. All right. And we'll put lots of things up for everybody to see what's going on. Awesome. Did you take anything? Is there anything like breakable there that you put in one of the cabinets or anything? Just because, you know, bands. Well, I mean, I get here and I unpack, put all my clothes in the drawers and hide my suitcase and stuff. But everything else is pretty much fair game. Okay. I don't uh, live here except for three days. Sam and I talked about this yesterday. Last question for you. How many pairs of underwear did you pack? I think I brought like six. Yeah. For how many days there? Just to have extras. Of course. You have to have extras. Right. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. That's exactly Accidents what we're talking about. Accidents do happen. Okay. And then, okay. All right. Okay. Journey, I hear you have to take a shower. So you do that <laughs> and you're starting at 10 o'clock live from Journey's room. Around there. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the buzz. 
at some point. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's 9.30 now. Yes. So we'll see. Hopefully and I'm I'm around. Enjoy your shower. It's humid down there, I hear. So, ugh. Nice. Are you going to see the Aces tonight? I am. Yeah, they're coming in a little bit in about an hour and a half. I'm going to hang out with them a little bit and then go see the show tonight, which I'm so excited about. So many members of the Buzz family are going to be there. I'll tell them that you said hi, though. Yes, I want to I want to say hi to them when they get there. All right. I'll call you then. <laughs> awesome. All right. Have fun, Jordan. You too. Thank you so much, Jerry. I'll talk to you soon. It's Jordan Silver and Friends in the morning on 96.5. The Buzz. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.